0: This is a special production of the Radio Plasma Podcast and Holyoke High Herald.
1: Welcome to the Radio Plasma Podcast, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas,
2: conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness.
1: Listen at radioplasma.com. Also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. I'm Isabella Korshein.
2: I'm Ferosa Danny.
1: I'm Siobhan Brennan.
0: Welcome to a special edition of the Radio Plasma podcast. On this session, staff reporters of the Holyoke Herald interview Mr. Dana Brown, the new principal at Holyoke High School. With the beginning of the school year, Holyoke High Herald students were interested in doing this interview in order to know about Mr. Brown and share with the public what are the plans for the school year at Holyoke High. This is Faroza Danny.
1: This is Isabella Corshane
2: And we're here today with Dana Brown. Thanks for being with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So Dana, what schools and colleges did you attend?
3: So I graduated from Boston College, and then I got a master's degree at the University of Massachusetts at Boston. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Malden, which is a community right outside of Boston. It's about five miles north of Boston.
2: What influenced you to become a principal?
3: Well, my parents were elementary school teachers, so my mother and father taught school for a combined 70-plus years. And then I became a teacher, and then I left teaching. And after leaving teaching and doing some other things, I, I thought I wanted to get back into schools. Principal job opened up in my hometown. I applied, and I stayed in that role for 13 years. What did you teach as a teacher? I taught math, and computer programming, and there used to be a language called basic language in computers, and I taught that. Okay.
2: How many years have you been a principal for?
3: So I was 13 years in my previous school, and this is my first year at Holyoke High School.
1: So we understand that you have experience teaching in the high school level and on the college level. Could you explain a little bit about that?
3: So at the college level, I teach graduate courses. So I was teaching teachers who want to be assistant principals and principals, and that was exciting. Uh, But my passion is at the high school level, and I love watching young people grow. So even though I have the experience at middle school, high school, college levels, I, I, I always favor the high school level.
1: So you also have a background in, as a coach for a college team. How do you think that your experience as a coach has bettered your relationship with students?
3: Coaching is really teaching, right? And teaching is really coaching. So you can become a good coach if you're a good teacher, and you can become a good teacher if you have some good coaching characteristics. So I coached you know, girls' basketball, girls' softball at the high school level. Then I coached men's and women's basketball at the college level. It's like a lesson plan, running a two-hour practice. I had an agenda, I had a warm-up, I had a practice schedule, I had closing activities. It's no different than running a good classroom if you're a good coach. And, and, and the games were like midterm exams and final exams and quarterly exams and MCAS exams. That's how you judged. You know? how well you were doing. So I loved coaching. I, I miss coaching.
2: You were quite successful at Malden. Why are some of the achievements you've won?
3: Well, I, I did win some achievements. But I have to say that the school became better mm. because we had a great staff. And over 13 years, I was able to hire some tremendous staff members to work with students. And even though the principal gets credit. It's like a head coach gets credit for a team winning. If you don't have great players, you you can't win. So I did win some awards, but I have to say I I had tremendous support through the community, through the teaching staff, the families. And so that's why I was successful.
1: So now we're going to take a quick break and we're going to do some rapid fire questions. So um, Just basically questions that don't have anything to do with school, don't have anything to do with anything, but just simple questions that many teenagers want to know. Okay, ready? Okay. Apples or bananas? Bananas. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Cookies or brownies? Cookies. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Movies or TV shows?
3: TV shows.
1: Polka dots or stripes? Stripes. Summer or winter? Summer. Halloween or Thanksgiving?
3: Thanksgiving.
1: Coffee or tea? Coffee. Blue or red? Blue. Cats or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, um, with a new year, with a new principal, new rules are going to come, and I know a lot of students are going to want to know your stance on the cell phone policy.
3: That's a big one, huh? <laughs> so, this is what I've been telling teachers and parents, and I'll tell students now, that I think it's up to the individual teacher in every classroom as to whether they use technology or not and whether they allow students to use technology. You all have your questions on your phones. I've seen excellent teachers use technology in their classrooms and then at appropriate times say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your phones away, we're going to do something else. No cell phones. And so, if you introduce it in the right way, you can have a balance between appropriate times to use cell phones inappropriate times to use cell phones. So I'm leaving it up to each individual teacher. If they want students to use cell phones to take notes, do research, answer questions, they'll say, we can use cell phones during this time. If they don't want students to use cell phones, they'll say, okay, anytime we have a quiz or a test or doing something regarding state testing, cell phones have to be away and stay away. So I'm never a, it's either A or B. I think there's always some wiggle room um, to come up with good policies at the classroom level. I don't want to tell every teacher what to do. Because a science teacher might say, I can't live without students using cell phones. And somebody else might say, you know what? cell phones in the gym really don't work during phys ed. Mm -hmm. We have a no cell phone policy. So it has to do with each individual teacher.
1: I think students are going to be very happy with your answer.
2: (laughs) So what made you want to become principal at Holyoke High?
3: I didn't at first. (laughs) um, But Dr. Zreich, who I've known for a few years, uh, called me and explained the situation that uh, the former principal was leaving And it was really too late to start a a big search because if you're looking for a principal, it sometimes takes three to four months to do a search and to interview and focus groups. And so when Dr. Wright contacted me, it was really too late to do that. So I agreed to come out for one year at least and and, and try to help any way I can. So um, I've loved it so far. I've been here a month. And it's been a great experience, and I'm, I'm looking forward to students showing up, teachers showing up, and and really doing some good work. We're glad you're here in Holyoke. Thank you. Appreciate that.
1: Did you meet Dr. Zdravik through your work in education?
3: Yes. So I've known him uh, for a few years, and, and you know he has a tremendous reputation. I knew of him before I met him. You know, back in the Boston area, he's um, you know he's got a great reputation for turning around schools, elementary schools, middle schools. He was the superintendent in Wakefield Public Schools, which is neighboring to my community of Malden, so I know a lot of principals and teachers and assistant principals who worked for him, and they said all great things. And then I was out here three years ago doing some work in Holyoke and connected with him again. And, um, you know, I've kept in touch on and off for the last couple of years and that's how he, that's why he contacted me to see if I'd be interested. What do you want to achieve as principal this year? So I think, you know, part of me tells me that for this year anyways, Holyoke High School needs a break. And I mean that in a in a in a good way. Anytime somebody takes over what you do, it's stressful on students, families, teachers, principals. Last year's principal left, and by all accounts, folks liked Mr. Sullivan. So now I'm coming in, my job is not to come up with 47 different new plans that we're going to do this year or 50 new things we're going to try this year. My job is to come in and build relationships with students and families and teachers and and make sure safety is a priority, make sure teaching and learning is a priority. I think people just want a calm and safe school year where everyone can learn and grow and I'm hoping I can help other adults and other students get there.
1: Although you've only been officially working for the school system since August 1st, do you think you have a good feel for what the issues of Holyoke High really are?
3: So obviously I've followed uh, Holyoke High School for the last three or four years and I'm well aware of, of the issues, but when you when you scrape away all of the issues and, and you scrape away all the data, it's still about 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old adults, young, young adults, who want to better their lives. And it's still about teachers who want to work with students to better their lives. So while I'll never know Holyoke, like folks who have been in the district for 20, 30, 40 years, I think I know enough about young people to know that um, young people want a chance. Young people want opportunities. Young people want respect. Young people want adults who can talk to them in respectful ways. So even though I'm from the Boston area and this is out in the western part of the state, there are many, many, many similarities already between the high school I left and this high school, just talking to folks and what the issues are. Again, I'll never know Holyoke like the real, you know, folks here for who have been here a long time, but um, I'll learn as much as I can, and, I, and I'll work as hard as I can.
2: What's your perspective on the redesign plan?
3: So the redesign plan is um, not fully developed yet, and so I've seen some ideas that I think are great. And I've seen some ideas that I'm not sure will work, and I've expressed that to, you know, the folks in the redesign um, piece. You know, because I'll only be here this year, I I think my input will be whatever I can offer this year in terms of ideas and suggestions. It's the people who are going to stay a lot longer who will have to implement those plans. But some of the stuff I've seen is, is terrific, and some... I'd want to be shown that it's going to work for, for a lot of students.
1: So Holyoke High is a very diverse high school, and we know that you came from a diverse high school. So I think a lot of students are just wondering, what does diversity mean to you?
3: Let me just throw this out to you. I came from, according to the state, the most diverse high school in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And we base it on the four major subgroups of students in the Commonwealth of Mass. And those four major subgroups are Caucasian or white, right? African American or black, because you might be from one of the islands, Hispanic, and Asian. And so almost, almost, the four subgroups broke down to almost 25% each at Malden High School. Whites were 29, Asians were 23, blacks were 24, Hispanics almost 20. So it was almost a perfect 4-4-4-4. So really in some ways, to me, Holyoke High School is not really diverse because it's only two major subgroups. You're either Hispanic, mostly Puerto Rican, correct? Or you're white. So diversity to me is diversity in race and culture and ethnicity, but diversity is also what you believe, what religion, what sexual orientation, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whether you like the Red Sox or the Yankees. So diversity, you know, covers all aspects of life and and sometimes in education we focus just on, well he's Hispanic and she's white, he's black, he's Asian. That's just one piece of the diversity puzzle, just a little piece then you have to dig deeper into what cultures what ethnicities, what foods what languages what's their heritage all sorts of things going into what does diversity mean
1: So, I'm assuming you're a Red Sox fan?
3: A diehard Red Sox (laughs) Sox fan, yes.
1: We might have a problem, I'm a diehard Yankees fan.
3: I've heard there are (laughs) several Yankees fans (laughs) in the school, so... That's okay, I respect the Yankee heritage, the Yankee tradition. They've won a tremendous number of championships uh, just in the last 15 years, not as many as the Red Sox (laughs) have won.
1: Okay, so we have one um, kind of heavy question. I'm sure you're aware of the current lawsuit that is hanging over the school district. Going forward, how will you take this situation to try to improve on it for the betterment of Holyoke High School?
3: So Dr. Reich and I have already had some of this conversation this morning. We had some last night on my car ride home, and we had some this morning. I think... Really, the district is trying to figure this out as an entire district, not just as Holyoke High School. If I fix it for Holyoke High School, does that really mean anything? If folks at the Sullivan and the Morgan and and, and White aren't, aren't doing anything? So we have to look at this as a systemic approach. How do students and parents and families get translation and interpreting services K-12 to or pre-K-12 to as a system, not well, this school does it and this school doesn't. That school has money and this school doesn't. We, we have to figure it out as a system, and I can tell you that Dr. Zreich, this, this is right on the top of his priority lists. And uh, obviously, no one likes to see the name in the paper for negative reasons, and, and no one likes to see their name attached to a lawsuit. So um, this is going to get everyone's attention. I will say that I think folks underestimate the tremendous financial cost to this and when you start talking about translating every document of every teacher, every guidance counselor, every principal, every assistant principal, having a translator or interpreter at every IEP meeting, every ELL meeting, every every school conference meeting, it's a tremendous financial cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to the district, if not more. And so, the district has to, A, figure out what our plan is, and then, B, figure out where are we going to get the money to pay for it. So, this is a major, major issue. Holyoke is not the only community struggling with this. This is an issue across the state as demographics change. So as, you know, I went to Malin High School, I graduated, the class was 99.85% white. 40-plus years later, the graduating class is 29% white. And, and, and of those 70% difference, they all speak different languages. At Malden High School, we translated things into nine different languages. Arabic, Creole, Cantonese, Mandarin, Spanish, Portuguese. Uh, anything you can name, we had more than 100 of those students in the school, and by law, we had to translate. So it's expensive. And it's um, worth doing, but it's uh, you need a good plan. You just can't say, starting tomorrow, we're gonna translate everything and, and have interpreters in every building. That's not a plan, that's a knee-jerk reaction. We need a systemic plan to how we're
0: gonna do this. First of all, thank, thank you for accepting this invitation. And most important to be interviewed by students of Holyoke High and staff reporters of the Holyoke Herald, which is an important entity that has this commitment of learning and also telling the story of Holyoke, following the most professional standards on journalism. And this is a great opportunity to tell a story of Holyoke High having you now as the principal. I have a question for you. What is your drive? What is your passion for education, to educate?
3: So I think so it's 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 micro and macro, right? So on on the micro level, I, I love young people and watching them grow. So as I get to meet young people, whether it's in my own community or other communities, I love to form relationships and watch people grow, achieve their dreams, reach for their goals. That's very important to me. On a macro level, I really think we're at an important juncture in our country, and if and if folks in Holyoke, don't figure out how to educate all of their students, and the folks in Springfield don't know figure that out, and the folks in Malden, where I came from, don't figure that out, and in Chelsea, we're, we're in trouble as a, as, as a community, as a nation. We need to make sure that all of our students have great opportunities Chances to grow and learn not just some students all students And so that's my interest on a much larger level that we really need to figure this out as a nation so that students in poor communities students in diverse communities Students in Alabama students in Malden and Holyoke all have the same opportunity to get a great education Great jobs great careers and right now. I'm not sure that's the case in this country and so that's that's my big picture. Little picture, I, I love working with young people and listening to them tell me what, what they want to do and what their dreams are and, and how they see themselves working their way through lives. I, I love that.
1: I guess one last thing would be, what is one message you'd like to leave to the students of Holyoke High School?
3: Well, um, I brought a slogan with me from Malden, and uh, we actually put it on T-shirts already, and, and we'll be giving the staff members a t-shirt tomorrow with the slogan on the back and I made up the slogan and uh, it caught fire in the community I was at and uh, folks were talking about trademarking it and 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 doing all sorts of things but my slogan is you can get there from here where is your there and so the here is Holyoke High School and I want every kid to think you can get there from here. And then I want them to think, where is my there? Where do I want to go? Because if you want to go to the military, if you want to go to a two-year school, four-year school, if you want to travel the world, if you want to run for office, if you want to be a major league athlete, you can get there from here. How? You got to have goals, you got to have dreams, you got to work for it, you got to show up, you get. You got to work hard. Um, so I, I want people to start thinking, short-term and long-term, about where do they see themselves in 2 years, 5 years, 10 years. And people who have plans and dreams do better than people who just sort of go through life day-to-day, wondering what's going to happen to be next. Those folks don't end up well a lot of times. But folks who say, this is where I want to be in 10 years, 5 years, 2 years, and I have a plan to get there, they often do well. And that's, that's what I want the message to be to Holyoke High School students. I've seen and and read about Holyoke students who have done great things right out of Holyoke High School, which means it can be done. I need the people in this room, the young people in this room, to figure out where is y'all there, where are you heading, and then use
0: Holyoke High School to propel you and to get you there.
1: Thank you so much.
0: This was the interview with Mr. Dana Brown, new principal at Holyoke High. This is a special production of the Radio Plasma podcast and Holyoke High Herald. The sound engineer is Shivam Brennan. Isabella Korshain and Feroz Zibdani are the hosts and producers. The Holyoke Herald advisor is Mr. Joe Korshain. This episode was recorded and produced at the Plasma Media Lab in the Gandara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. I'm your executive producer, Johan Vega. Thank you for listening.